Hi, I'm Mike Snyder. You may have heard me on Back to the Futurama and Good Morning Greendale. On this podcast, I've brought my own soapbox, and I want to talk about things that I find interesting. Today, I'll be talking about Weird Al Yankovic. Alfred Matthew Yankovic was born in October 1959 in Downey, California, and was raised by Mary and Nick Yankovic. According to the liner notes of the permanent record box set, when Alfred was about to turn seven, a door-to-door salesman offered the Yankovics a choice of guitar lessons or accordion lessons. Obviously, they chose accordion. Those of you that know polka music and famous accordion players will instantly think about Frankie Yankovic, who it is important to note is not directly related to Alfred, even though later in their lives, they became collaborators. This is unsurprising, because having two Yankovics in one place that can play accordions can only lead to one thing, recording polkas. During his childhood, Al listened to the Dr. Demento show, and when he was 16, he sent a tape of parody songs to Dr. Demento, of which Belvedere Cruzen was played on his show. Al graduated as the high school valedictorian and attended Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, While there, he became a disc jockey at the college radio station, taking up the name Weird Al professionally, after he had been teased by that name by other students. By his own admission, he played music that was weird, and so the nickname stuck. By the time Al graduated, he had garnered some singles from the Dr. Demento show, My Bologna, a parody of My Sharona by The Knack, and Another One Rides the Bus, a parody of Another One Bites the Dust by Queen which later showed up on his first self-titled album. In 1984, Al's career took off after Michael Jackson gave him permission for a parody to beat it, entitled Eat It. According to Al in an interview with Entertainment Weekly, the success of the song cemented him for a long time as the Eat It guy. Of course, that's for those who are not close personal friends of Al, which is his fan club back then, although now it only seems to exist as the addressee if you want to send him fan mail. Al has continually made comedy music, mainly parodies and pastiches of popular acts, since his debut album in 1983, including 16 tours full of live performances, 14 studio albums, a major motion picture called UHF, a Saturday morning television show, among countless cameos, guest appearances, and voice performances. I could list them all out here, but it would take longer than I've allowed for this episode. I've included a list of them in the show notes. From what I can tell, it is nearly exhaustive, except for the fact that it does not include the hit CISO show, My Brother, My Brother and Me, which is based on the podcast of the same name. If you remember, I mused a bit about this in my episode about podcasts. One thing that you should know about Weird Al is that he doesn't need to secure permission to record his parodies, but he does so anyway. This has caused issues in the past, most famously with Coolio. According to Vulture, Coolio's record company at the time gave Al rights to parody Gangsta's Paradise, but Coolio did not. Al released Amish Paradise on the Bad Hair Day album. No legal recourse ever happened, and Coolio gained royalties from Al's parody. In 2006, at the Consumer Electronics Show, an event where most musical history happens, Alan Coolio made up. According to Yahoo.com, Coolio later reflected on the situation and said, quote, 
I was being too magnificent and too terrific about myself, and that's not what you want to do, end quote. Coolio wasn't the only artist that turned down Weird Al. According to Billboard, Al had long been creating parodies for Prince songs, including ones for Let's Go Crazy, 1999, When Doves Cry, and Kiss. Each time, Prince rejected the parody. When Prince passed in 2016, Al's hopes of a Prince parody ended there as well, especially given the, quote, decades of weirdness, end quote, between the two, noted by Al and Billboard. It's an interesting comparison with Michael Jackson, who said yes to two parodies, and notably let Al use the music video set of Bad for his parody, Fat. Smaller issues of miscommunication occurred between Al and Lady Gaga for Perform This Way, according to Business Insider, as well as TMZ noting that Al ambushed Iggy Azalea to get her permission for Handy. On Late Night with Seth Meyers, Al admits it wasn't entirely incorrect as he did go to her show to try to get permission to make sure he could hit his release date for mandatory fun. Do you remember LimeWire, Kazaa, or Napster? The file sharing boom of the early consumer internet ended up misattributing a ton of music to Al that wasn't made by him. In that time frame, his main frustration wasn't that his songs were available for free, it was those misattributions that bothered him. In an interview with IT World in 2006, which is a totally normal place for a major music star to be giving an interview with, he notes that he thinks his reputation has suffered because of the fake songs, along with fake MySpace accounts saying they were him. In fact, in more recent times, it's become harder on Al due to the internet. In a 2014 interview with NPR, Al noted he's never the first person to do a parody of the song because YouTube's ubiquity. That forces him to think a little bit more out of the box with his creativity on parodies and to find an angle that no one has taken yet. For anyone who knows me, they completely understand that Weird Al is one of my favorite artists. Like many nerdy and goofy kids, I didn't really have a great time in middle school. I had a few good friends, but I often got in my own way. I was awkward, ridiculous, introverted, and didn't know how to handle my emotions. I was anxious and depressed about everything going on, causing my schoolwork to suffer. I had set myself in a torture chamber partially of my own creation, as my brain attempted to tell me I wasn't worth it, I wasn't good enough. It was about this time that Al released his 10th album, Running With Scissors. I don't exactly remember how I connected with Running With Scissors. My assumption is that the saga begins, Al's parody of American Pie by Don McLean was my entryway. I mean, how do you cater to nerds and not make a song about Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace? Either way, I was hooked. I ended up buying all of his albums on CD to listen to them. It went so far that I listened to the parody versions before I listened to some of the real songs. In my defense, who was in middle school in 1999 that would have heard King of Pain by The Police? Of course it was more likely that I had listened to King of Suede, Al's parody. My middle school brain fixated on Al's music as a respite from my day-to-day -day troubles. I could come home from school, sit in my room for hours on end, listening to Weird Al and playing video games. In that space, I was happy and I had control of my life. When I heard that Al was running a tour that would land him in Roanoke, Virginia, less than an hour's drive from my hometown, Blacksburg, I was adamant that I needed to go. My wonderful and patient mom agreed to go with me, mostly so that I'd be happy, 
We drove to the Roanoke Performing Arts Theater on May 6, 2000. I wore my best Hawaiian shirt to the show and could not contain my excitement. Of course, if you've been to a Weird Al live show, you know he delivers. My mom walked out pleasantly surprised at how much she enjoyed the show. I was simply blown away at how incredible it all was. The costume changes, the clips of music videos, and the clips of his movie, everything was simply mind-blowing. I've been to two more shows of his since, one in Eugene, Oregon, and one in Troutdale, Oregon, a suburb of Portland. My wife isn't a huge fan of his music, so her agreement to come to the show in Eugene on August 18, 2012, had some trepidation. It did not get much better for her as we were in the third row, as I had splurged for really good tickets to a show that was at a fairgrounds. She thought this was ridiculous, as her point to me was that three days before the Weird Al show, we had heard Heart incredibly well as they played at the same fairgrounds. Nevertheless, I was taking no chances. As we were in the third row, we were incredibly close to the stage. I should take a moment. It's important to note here that during Smells Like Nirvana, Al's parody of Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana, he has a line that in the recording he gargles. On stage, he does the same thing with a cup of water, then throws the water and the cup out into the crowd. During this show in Eugene, I received about 5% of the splash, where my saint of a wife received about 95% of it. As you can tell, my wife was not very happy about that. My wife did decline an opportunity to come to the show in Troutdale on August 14, 2019, so I attended the show with friends, who enjoyed it. They all noted how much I unabashedly loved the show. Ever since I had had the fortune to find Weird Al, he's been a constant in my life. When my maternal grandfather passed away in October 2018, I turned to him and his music to make me smile. When I have rough days, I turn on his movie UHF. When I go out to karaoke, I turn into a manic showman and perform Dare to be Stupid in a physical manifestation of the literally no one meme. I'm reasonably sure the first time I heard of LASIK eye surgery, it was because Weird Al had it done. I truly don't think I'd be here if not for my fortunate finding of his music, and I think the world is a bit brighter and more colorful that he's around. I've always appreciated that he tries to be funny in a way that, more often than not, attempts not to attack people and doesn't rely on shock value to be funny. He's made parodies about going to a drive-thru at a fast food restaurant, correcting grammar, and being a fantastic coder for goodness sake. One thing I'm always thankful for with Al is that he showed me that being weird, being goofy, being heartfelt for who I was, and being genuine was something that should not be stopped and instead be celebrated. I am who I am because of Al, and I'm happy for that. Thank you, Al. Thank you for listening to I Brought My Own Soapbox. I hope you enjoyed listening to it. If you have a moment, subscribe in your podcast app of choice and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. If you'd like to suggest things for me to talk about or offer your own thoughts, you can tweet at the show at myownsoapboxpod or email me at myownsoapboxpod at gmail.com. Thank you to James Anderson for the name of this podcast. You can find him on Twitter at unabashedjames. Thank you for Creative John for the cover art. You can find his works on Dribbble, 
and contact him via Reddit and email via links in the show notes. The intro and outro music is Something Elated by Broke for Free. A link to the song on the Free Music Archive and the link to the license can be found in the show notes. The music under my monologue is Deep Relaxation Preview by Kevin McLeod. A link to the song at Uncompetech and the link to the license can be found in the show notes. Also in the show notes are links to research I've done. Have a good day.